Okay, thank everybody for coming. This evening we will um, commence with a discussion of what happens uh, in the Jewish world, in the Jewish conscience, uh, with the days leading up to Pesach, at least the beginning days. The Torah tells us in Pasha's book, <coughs> the Torah says, Matas Yechol Hayomim, you shall eat matzah seven days. You shall not see chametz, and you shall not see leaven in all your borders. Okay, that's what the Torah says in one place in Parshas Bo, chapter 13. In chapter 12, the Torah again repeats itself, not repeats itself, but says, addresses the same topic. And it says, Shivas Yamim seven days. You shall not find leaven in your houses. Kikol so it's prohibited. The Torah continues to tell us that it's prohibited to eat leaven. Then the Torah also says, Shivas Yamim you shall eat matas seven days. However, on the first day, which we'll soon see will be the day before Pesach, the day before Passover, one is going to, one is obligated to get rid of. You shall destroy all the chametz from your, all the chametz from your houses. So, <coughs> here, this is the, the, the first, the, f- the first perspective is, is that we know that the Talmud in tractate, uh, in, in tractate Makos, at the end of tractate Makos on page 23, tells us that we have three, 613 commandments. 365 of them are negative, which means do not do this and do not do that, and 248 of them are positive, which means one should do this and should do that. Do that. So regarding chametz, which we'll soon define, regarding chametz, which we'll soon define, we have just read in Parshas Bo that there are three mitzvos, there are three commandments associated with chametz. Two of them are negative. One, the Torah says, chametz shall not be seen in your house. Number two, the Torah says, the chametz shall not be found in your house. And one of them is positive. The Torah says, one shall destroy the chametz from their house. So therefore, it is incumbent upon every single Jewish person that when they celebrate the, the Passover holiday, that they shall fulfill these three main commandments of not having chametz in their house. Our discussion this evening will be about the preparation that is necessary that leads up to Pesach to ensure to, to ensure that we keep up to that standard, to keep up to fulfilling those mitzvahs. So the first, first question is, what is chametz? So chametz is the 11 uh, products of five grains, barley, rye, oats, wheat, and spelt. Any, <coughs> anything that is leaven, anything that, that is rises or ferments from those mm-hmm. five grains, uh, any uh, ingredients, any products that are made out of them are defined as chametz. And therefore, the, when the Torah that we have just mentioned says that one should not have it in their house, it's talking about those five things. <coughs> therefore, um, br- for example, breads, cereals, breakfast foods, grain alcohol, grain vinegar, grain malts are all forbidden on Pesach, on Passover, and one should get rid of them. In addition to this, in addition to this, there is a custom 
amongst Ashkenazic Jews not to have in their home what is called kitneos. Kitneos are any foods which are similar to the five grains, which are usually beans. For example, uh, beans, corn, peas, rice, alfalfa sprouts, bean sprouts, green beans, mustard. All of these things are considered kidneys, and the custom is is that we don't have uh, kidneys on Passover also, at least from the Ashkenazic perspective. Um, there are some Swari customs, which I'm not sure if anybody, perhaps maybe Swari customs of uh, of uh, of, uh, not, of eating rice, which we don't eat on Pesach either. Some Swari eat rice. It varies, though. The, um, like, you know, there's some who eat kidneyos, and then there's some who don't eat kidneyos, but they have a different definition of kidneyos. Like, fresh green beans are excluded, but, like, dried beans... Okay, so if one is of, of, of Svartic descent, they should ask their local Svartic Orthodox rabbi as to what their custom is or follow their family custom. And that is, some eat rice and some do not. Uh, if the rice is eaten, then it should be checked to make sure that it's not mixed together with any, any chametz or any other foreign objects. Okay, so that is what is defined as chametz. These are the things that are chametz. Leaven, plus there is a custom, also certain things that either chametz can get mixed up in, uh, like rice, or things that are similar to the five grains, like, uh, like beans, are also included in the category of which we either put away or get rid of our, from our home altogether on, 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 on Pesach. Okay, so because of this, because of this, in the Jewish conscience, and we will see, there is a mitzvah of, of preparation to make sure that these things are not in our house. And therefore, basically what we do is we get rid of these things from our home. There are three methods through which we uh, eradicate to get rid of these three things. One of them is we sell our chametz. This is not necessarily the main one, not in any particular order, but we sell our chametz. There is a, the, so we could just make a business transaction. The same way that one would sell their property, one can sell their chametz, and once they don't own their chametz, they can't transgress the, uh, the negative or the positive commandments. That's getting rid of it, because now it's no longer in one's possession, it's in somebody else's possession. So therefore, one possibility is one can sell their chametz. And usually that is done, the custom usually is, is that everybody, at least in the United States of America, sells their chametz with their local, with, with their rabbi, by filling out a contract who sells it for them. <coughs> the second way is to check for their chametz in our house, to find it and to destroy it. So we actually find uh, any leaven products that we have in our home and we destroy it before Pesach comes and we will talk about the process and the method. Okay, that's the, uh, that's the second way. The third way that we uh, get rid of the chametz is that we resolve in our minds by making a declaration that was set up by the rabbis, that was instituted by the rabbis and formulated by the rabbis make a declaration that, hum, that the chametz that we have in our possession or we might have in our possession is no longer of any value to us. We resolve in our minds that this is the case. Okay? Those are the three, those are the three methods. <coughs> Not in any particular order. But as far as selling the chametz, there are some, uh, some pious Jews who have the custom not to sell uh, what is called chametz gomer. There is two within the category of hummus, within the category of leaven foods, there are two types of leaven, there are two types of leaven foods. There is the actual hummus, the actual mamish, marna, hummus itself, which is the cake, the bread, the cereal, hummus itself. And then, 
And that is what the Torah prohibits. The Torah directly is speaking to those foods and says, I don't want those foods in my home, uh, in, 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 in a Jewish home. And, then, and those are prohibited by the Torah. On a Torah level, they're prohibited, as we stated. However, there is chametz which is mixed, which is called taruvah's chametz in Hebrew. If it's mixed with other food, which is not chametz, not other leaven, and that is not prohibited by the Torah for one to have one it in, his, in one's home. That is not considered to be what is called chametz gomer, bona fide chametz. Or chametz which is questionable whether it's chametz at all. For example, if there is, uh, if there is leaven ingredients which are c- contained in medicines, which are not edible, for example, are a question whether those, uh, those are chametz, and therefore they have only a rabbinical prohibition. So there are those, there are some people that have the custom that the, they don't sell. They, don't, they only sell questionable chametz. They, they don't sell actual chametz itself. Right? They don't actually sell the bread. The bread they throw away. The bread they destroy. But they don't actually sell, they don't actually sell the, the bread. They sell other stuff that has ingredients of chametz inside it. But not, 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 not bread itself. Okay, so here's an example from the, uh, from the Star Kosher certification of a list of things that those people that are pious that they either sell or do not sell. So for example, barley, which is pearled, raw, and packaged, is not considered to be real comments. Right? It's not considered to be real comments. So therefore, those pious individuals that have this custom, for example, they don't, uh, they, they, they sell it. Bread, for example, is considered to be real comments. And therefore, there are those individuals that don't sell it to the rabbi. They throw it away, or give it away, or destroy it, right? That's another example. Um, cosmetics, for example, cosmetics, are not considered to be chametz. One does not have to, one, one can just put it away and sell it if it has chametz ingredients in it. One does not, one, right, if one is a pious individual and keeps it. This, these are the examples. This is the list that appears on their website and in their booklet on, on the chametz holiday. Uh, on, I'm sorry, on the Passover holiday. Okay. <coughs> Fine. So, fine. So now the first thing that we do, the first thing that we do, let's start with destroying the chametz. So the first thing that we do in preparation for when the holiday comes along is we clean, we clean, we, we clean our homes from the chametz that there is. That is in sewing, that is the, the prep for what is called Bidika's Chametz. On the night of, uh, on the night before Passover, and this year, uh, Rabbi Shoshan will talk about the, uh, the, the day before, before Chametz in his class, uh, the day before Pesach in his class, extensively. This year, the, it's not the day before, but the day before, before uh, Pesach, the, uh, the Torah requires that we should destroy the Chametz from our house. The derivation from it is, is that since the Torah says, Ach b'yom arishon, on the first day like we read, however, on the first day, one shall destroy the chametz from their house. Right? Since, uh, since it says, however, so the rabbis derive from that, that it doesn't mean that one should actually destroy the chametz on the first day of Pesach, because once it's the first day of Pesach, it is too late to destroy it. Therefore, it means the day before. So there is a mitzvah to destroy the chametz the day before Pesach. But in order for us to be prepared properly to rid all of the chametz from our home, we start to clean what is called clean for Pesach uh, way before. Okay? 
So the process is that in every, uh, in the normative uh, Jewish practices is to clean our home for Pesach. There is a, uh, a, uh, a guide, th- th- there are a lot of details involved in uh, cleaning for Pesach and a lot of, a lot of different laws in the beginning of the, uh, of the laws of Passover in the Code of Law. And uh, I thought that it would be best to make the presentation from um, Rabbi Pinchas Scheinberg, who is in his 90s, the, 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 the head Rosh Hashiva of Israel, uh, uh, well, who wrote a very concise and a nice guide to uh, nice guide to cleaning for Pesach. Okay, and I'd like to read it and discuss it with everyone. So, number one, he says, all places or articles in which chametz, leavened grain products, bread, crackers, cake, is usually brought during the year must be cleansed and checked for chametz before the evening preceding the seder. The search for the chametz, details of which can be found in the Agoda, is, is started at nightfall on the evening preceding the seder. So, therefore, the first point that he says that anywhere in our home <coughs> where we have chametz that can be brought in, such as, for example, our dining room, uh, in, some, in some cases our, uh, our, our bedrooms or our, our living room, whatever it is, wherever we uh, bring in snacks, crackers, or whatever it may be, in those, all those places we, there, is, there is an obligation to check and to clean those places for, for the chametz that might be there. So, uh, for example, if uh, any family has little children uh, uh, who, who, uh, who, who just basically carry whatever they want, wherever they want, usually, um, unless maybe perhaps there's a white carpet in the home, um, they carry the chametz everywhere in the house. So therefore, if, a person, if people have a family with little children, then the obligation extends to every single place, every, every single place in the house where the children may be, because you never know what they can bring where? Okay? I've had to take little cars out of my toilet <laughs> that I've been flushed. Uh, so, I'm not surprised by any, anything that my children bring anywhere. Number two, he says, any article or place which is not used on Pesach, which is closed up and sold, does not need to be checked for chametz. So, if we have an area, for example, like a storage area, doesn't apply in my house because I have. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you could store matzah from year to year as long as you don't expose it to any moisture and keep it in a nice heated, uh, heat ventilated area. Matzah could be reused. So I, I, I made the mistake of putting matzah, storing matzah in my storage uh, house, which is outside in our backyard, and we found that uh, the rats uh, considered it to be a very usable, a very nice snack for them including the uh, plastic bins which, which they ate right through to see if there was any more left. So I- if one is storing matzah in their, in, their, in, their storage, in their storage place, then one would have to check, uh, because one is storing food there, one would have to check there for chametz. However, however, if one only stores things in their, in their storage area or their garage or wherever it may be, that, and they never bring food there, then one does not have to check there for chametz at all. Okay. Well, wait, wait a minute. If they, if they never bring food here, if that's where I'm putting my chametz stick of food, whatever, then I don't, and closing it up, then, then that's okay, right? Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Number three. We won't let the rats in. We, we well, don't, yeah, don't let the rats we in. We put signs up. No rats. No. 
No, we left them a couple of crackers, but it uh, doesn't seem that they're interested in it. They like the matzah better. <laughs> okay, number three, chametz which has been rendered inedible, even to an animal, by being soaked in a foul-tasting liquid such as detergent, draino, bleach, or ammonia, is not considered chametz. Hmm. Okay, so if, uh, if one has uh, an area where, where uh, for maybe around their sink or the bathroom, where there might be a chametz that's found, but it's been uh, exposed to uh, Drano or any other liquid which is not uh, which one cannot consume, then uh, that is not considered to be chametz at all. Okay. For the rats. What? Good for the rats. Nothing. Not even. It's. It's. I don't know. Is it good for the rats? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great for them. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the uh, the Shulchan Aruch actually says the court of law actually says in uh, in the beginning of a discussion of uh, a discussing <coughs> of uh, searching for chametz. Uh, I think it's four hundred and four hundred and thirty-three. Number four, it says there that if there are areas, if there are areas that that are in the home which are not reachable, which one cannot reach, okay, which one cannot reach, and and there is there is chametz there, they're too high, right? So the person does not have to, and they, they cannot reach there. They don't need to check for chametz in that area, okay? They don't need to check for chametz in that area. The most, uh, I guess, applicable, applicable would be is what the uh, the um Harav, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says in in his uh, code of law. He says that if there's an area in the home where if there's an area in the home where where one sees chametz. One sees chametz, but they can't reach it. It's impossible to reach. And if somebody would give me some examples here, I'd appreciate it, of where they have such an area in their home, but they cannot reach the chametz there at all. Then, they don't have to, they don't have to check, or they don't have to get that chametz out at all. Even if you could see it. However, it depends on, we will see, the size of the chametz. If the chametz is, which we will see, is less than 30 grams, it's less than an olive size, Chametz, then even if they can see it and they can't reach it, there's no way to get to it. Then they don't have to go get it. They don't. Have, they don't even have to go get it, even if they see it. The reason for being is like this. The reason why we check for chametz in our home, the reason why we clean for Pesach, is because we're afraid that if we find the chametz, right, we will see. We will see the the reasoning for it. But we'll say it right now, right, that if we we're afraid that if we find the chametz, we might come to eat it. That's the problem. The problem is, why are we searching for chametz? We're throwing it away. We might come to eat it. Right? So if, if, if because we're afraid that that's what's going to happen, therefore we have to get rid of it. However, in a place where we can't reach it, and it's not, it, it's not reachable, you can't get to it, then there's no problem. You know, the person's not going to think that they're, gonna, that they're going to, that you're not, not going to get to it. There's no, there's no chance of eating it. However, if it's larger than the size of uh, 30 grams, then then it's better to either get it out, or as uh, one of the rabbis says, uh, uh, the, the Piske Chuva says, oh. it's better to pour uh, some drain on it or to spray it with, uh, to spray it with uh, I don't know, some type of, some type of liquid that, that, that's close to that. So for example, you know, there are places like sometimes, if you have, again, little kids, this is a, a, an easy example, and you have a van, and the van gets cleaned once a year, okay, and there's all kinds of, uh, you, you see lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, supper, 
for the entire year is under the seats. Uh, the residue of the, uh, if the rats would get in, they would prefer that better than the chametz in the storage room, is it better than the matzah in the storage room? But it's, if, the, if, the, if it's, there, it's there, it's sometimes it's very difficult to get to the, to the small areas. It's hard to get there. So you don't have to, all you have to do is just spray it. Spray it with, uh, with, with a spray that uh, destroys it, uh, it, making it edible. It, it, then, then, then it's okay. So would you Okay, so so if the the refrigerator and the oven, that you would have to pull out because there's another halach in the shulchan aruch, and it's it in number eight. It says if there's you know this is a primitive example. It doesn't happen so much to us in the in the United States. Perhaps maybe more often it happens in Mexico. If the uh, <laughs> if a wall collapses on top of chametz, depending <laughs> on the, on the size of 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 the, of the mound that it creates in its a, in the aftermath of the collapse. One would have to go and actually, di- if it's, it wouldn't be dangerous to life, uh, such as, you know, if there would be uh, reptiles and serpents and, and, and scorpions that are found in that mound, uh, a- after that collapse, then one, then one would have to, uh, one would have to clean out the mound and get the, uh, and get the, um, and get the chametz out. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is, is that, uh, the, the, again, the Shulchan Aruch's example is, is that if, the, if, if, if it's reachable, if it's reachable for a, bio, or a dog can, can dig in, into this mound and <laughs> expose the chametz, then it'll be exposed, and then we have a problem because the chametz is out, is out, is out in the open. Therefore, it has to be searched, it has to be oh, taken from there because you can reach it, and it has to be gotten rid of. So, therefore, a refrigerator comes into that, qual- into, into that category. A refrigerator has to be moved because you can move it. <coughs> the question that we didn't have any answer to, uh, I'm not sure, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What happened? The stove, the stove you can move. The stove you have to move. Because you can move it out. All you have to do is just pull it out. All you need is a strong fellow who can uh, grab the stove and pull it out. Okay. Or, however, what about like a, you know, like a dishwasher? Dishwasher has two screws that hold it in the wall. Okay. So I, I, I two screws. Are, all you have to do is just unscrew those two screws, and the whole dishwasher comes out, and underneath there, there's crumbs. So I don't know, because. Uh, but it's Nobody, you know, it's not is not people but it's don't a usually place do where that. really chametz won't be at. I mean, you'll be surprised. Well, <laughs> you'll be surprised. Kids. when you search through your house, what you find? Yeah. You find the one. Uh, uh, no more things. Uh, Some of us still want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rabbi Shoshan. I, I don't think you have to move this. Okay, Rabbi Shoshan is of the opinion that you don't have to move it. I, I, I acquiesce. I acquiesce because. On, on Pesach, you're not going to unscrew your dishwasher and go pull it out and get the chum and say, there's no chance. It's, it's the same category as the places where you cannot reach. Yeah, because since it's in the kitchen, there's chametz usually there. Probably get something underneath. 
I've never heard of anyone moving their stove before pay flexing. You know, I, I can't believe I, I do it. I, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. Yeah. Move the stove. You have to move the stove. It's not you have to move the stove. You have to move the stove. Yeah, they can do it. What if you have built in? If it's built in, it's built in. It's the same thing as the as the dishwasher. You don't have to move it. But if it's if it's if it's uh if it's not built in, you have to move it out and clean it out. So that's what Marshall is saying. If it's if it's if it's uh, if it's built in, then yes. But if it's not built in, then no. But if it's not built in, it's in the but it gets in underneath. It's it's the same thing as a as a. If the only day of the whole year I ever moved it was the day before Pesach. So that means that, and only because you told me I have to, and that means the proof that I don't move it in order to look for lunch. Right? You, 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 can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You have to move the stove. It's a good question, Mark, but you have to move the stove because that's a, you can't get away from the fact that it says it explicitly in the Shokhanov. The Shokhanov says that if it's, co- if it's covered with the amount of dirt that fell on top of it, you have to dig into the dirt because somehow it might get exposed. So, so if it's movable, somehow it might get exposed. If it's screwed in, it's not going to get exposed. So you're right that the logic is I'm not going to open it up, mm-hmm. but if it's movable, if it's portable, somehow it might get exposed. So if, so if I put the screws into the wall? If it's screwed into the wall, then you don't have to move. It's usually screwed into the wall. You don't have to clean and screw into the wall. Yeah, screw all your points into the walls, basically. Right, so that's what I'm answering, Mark, that if it's portable, it doesn't matter. It's still for you. Right, so Rabbi Shoshan pointed out we're going to speak about this. Maybe more than a yeah, yeah, but yeah. So Rabbi Shoshan pointed this out, which we we didn't point this out yet. The problem is, even if you decide that you're not going to. You, there's, even if you have the okay, fine. Let, let's talk about it. Let's 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 talk about it so that we'll have a clarity. Okay, the uh, there's two there's two except there's two the Torah besides selling the chametz. There's two acceptable <laughs> methods. There's two acceptable methods of how of how to get rid of the chametz after the cleaning process is done, which we're going through right now. Okay, one acceptable method is is to nullify it in one's heart and make the declaration, which appears in every single sitter the day before Pesach, that the Chomets no longer, I have the Chomets no, no, longer, no longer is in my possession. I'm not interested in the Chomets that's in my possession. Okay, that, that's number one. Number two is, we take the Chomets and we destroy it. We take it in a fire, we burn it, we flush it down the toilet, we uh, throw it into the wind. One, 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 one second. One second. Right, okay. So that's, that's two Torah acceptable ways, in the words of the Mishnah Bura, to do it. However, there is a discussion the Mishnah Bura at the beginning of one four hundred and thirty-one discusses uh, why do you need the, why do you need both of these things? Why do you need both these methods? Just do one or the other. If you'll notice, from the past years of us preparing for Pesach, we do both. We we nullify the chametz. We we say that we don't we're not interested in, and we also burn it. Why do we do both things? So the answer is, he says, is that 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 if we just nullify the chametz, if we just nullify the chametz, we say we're not interested in it. What's going to happen? We're going to open up the refrigerator and there'll be a good geschmack donut there <laughs> and we'll say, I want to eat this donut and automatically the chametz is no longer nullified because now we changed our mind. Right? That's another reason. Another reason is if we're not so conscious of the geschmack donut, 
Absent-mindedly, since we eat donuts the entire, some of us eat donuts the entire year, mm-hmm. right? We'll just eat the donut. Absent-mindedly, we just eat the donut once we see it in the fridge, and we won't be paying attention. So it's no longer nullified, <laughs> right? So what do we do? We also dis- so therefore we destroy any comments that we see, right? However, so 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 the question is, why don't we just uh, why don't we just destroy the comments and forget about nullifying it? The answer is maybe we won't hi- find all the comments that, 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 that we maybe we won't find all the comments that we have in our house, and we'll destroy whatever we destroyed and whatever we didn't destroy, we didn't know about it. That we're going to have ownership of, right? So the reason why we check for comments, as I said before is even though we decided that we're not going to have it in our house and therefore we're not transgressing of having the comments in our house, but once we see it, we might eat it. However, if we don't, if we don't, if, we, if, we, if there's no chance that we're going to eat it, then we've already nullified it, so it's no problem. Right? So the, the reason why we're searching for it and the reason why we're cleaning is because we might eat it. It's true we're not supposed to own it, but we're not, we don't own it because we have decided in our minds that it's not going to be, that it's not important to us anymore. Yeah? Okay, so let me let me repeat one more time. Let me repeat. One, let me repeat one more time. If I have crumbs of chametz under my fridge, so I make I close my eyes in the, in a very spiritual way. I'm just joking, and I make the declaration and I say that if I have any chametz under my fridge, it it does it's not important to me. It's it's not mine anymore. I relinquish all all I relinquish all ownership of it and all uh, desire for it. That's it. Shalom. Shalom to the comments under the fridge. Right? <laughs> so now, the rabbi said, go and search for all the comments in your house and throw it out. Why do I have to throw it out? I said, Shalom. I said, so what do I have to go search for? What do I have to clean for? I said, Shalom to the comments under the fridge. The reason why I have to do it is because what happens if uh, somebody pulls out the fridge and I say, oh, this comment's under the fridge. Not so bad. Maybe I'll eat it. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Right? So therefore, the reason why, the reason why, I, the reason why I am searching now and I'm cleaning is because I might eat it. Correct. That's the only reason why I'm looking for it because I might eat it. If I'm not eating it, I've already nullified it. It's no longer, I decided I'm not, it's no longer mine. Is there, like, a physical limit to how much comments you could be mevata? Like, does it only apply to, like, less than a kazayas or less than this, something like that? I don't think so. I think you can relinquish... The human being has the power to relinquish uh, an entire brewery, if necessary. Okay. Okay. Yes? Okay, fine. Um, there is no obligation to check... He continues, there is no obligation to check and destroy comments that is less than the size of an olive, 30 grams, and is so dirty that a person would not eat it. So this is very important. If it's the less than... Right, what? The refrigerator is not going to be a problem. The refrigerator is not going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. the oh. Well, you don't know. There might be comments that are 30 grams, so that's why you have to pull it out to see. Maybe it is there. But if you're 100% sure that in such an area that it's not, there's only crumbs, then there is no obligation to check and destroy it. Hmm. So it therefore... Does it have both? It has to be less than... Less than 30 and be dirty? Hmm? What? It has to have both of those qualifications. Yeah. Less than 30 grams and very dirty. I guess so. Less than, very, less than 30 grams, but it's not too dirty. No, I think it's... I don't know why he says that. Even if it's less than 30 grams, it's... it's but if you really... So, so therefore, sometimes people sometimes drive themselves crazy.
crazy. Sometimes people drive. What? What does it look like? An olive. An olive size, thirty grams. That's not. So sometimes people. Bite off a cookie or whatever. Cherry tomato. Small bite. So we we as Jews are very holy people, and we want to do the right thing. Right, we want to do the right thing. So we've decided that our focus and concentration on doing the right thing is going to be during the Pesach holiday. So we drive ourselves crazy to clean for Pesach until our house is so clean we can lick off the floor. Okay, that is not necessary. <laughs> that is not necessary because we wind up we wind up not only uh, not only searching for chametz under our couch, but we all once we're at it already, we wash all the windows and we uh, we dust the roof or whatever we may do, or climb into the attic, all these things are not necessary to do. It's too much work, because there's so much pressure to, 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 so it's not necessary to do. If there is no, if the comments is going to be less than 30 grams, it's, uh, it, it, 30 grams, it's, it's not necessary. Okay? Fine. It means you don't need even to nullify it. If you know there's something... You're nullifying all the comments you own in your house. Okay. So it doesn't matter. In theory, there's not even need. It, it, what? There's a need to nullify it. Even that? You have to nullify okay. all the comments in your house. That's, okay. the, that's the declaration you're making in the center. Okay. Okay, next thing he says. Surfaces, closets, and cla- uh, cracks where it is possible the comments has entered should be washed, ensuring the detergent enters all cracks, cracks and, and crevices. So it's possible for the comments to be there, so that's why we clean that area. <coughs> Kashwin per Pesach is done in the same way as during the year. And Kashmir, I believe, is going to be a class on the on Wednesday. Rabbi, Rabbi Holland is going to give that class on Kashmir for Pesach. So that's stay tuned at Avastora for Kashmir for Pesach. Uh, 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 but that is included in getting rid of the chametz. Is kashering our our pans and pots here in Arizona? We we, we happen to be wealthy, so that is not a hundred percent applicable because we have a, a lot of us have um, a lot of us have Pesach dicker stuff. But be that as it may, uh, I've noticed in the in the uh, in the CRC website and the Starkey website, uh, they have places, public places, where they have uh, places where you can go and kasher your stuff. I remember when I was living in Tapiot, uh, in Israel, there was a couple of guys. They had this huge uh, pot with a propane tank, and the whole community, the whole city, the whole uh, city came and they and they brought their uh, they brought their pots or whatever it was, a band. To, to be conscious. Okay. Number seven. It is customary to also cover any surfaces that have been kosher and that would be used for food or for utensils at Pesach, tables, countertops, cabinets, stovetops with plastic, aluminum foil. That is all included in the koshering discussion that will be with, uh, with Rabbi Holland. Okay. Any chametz that will not be consumed in the short place of Pesach must be sold to, uh, to a Gentile before the time of the prohibition of chametz and that is that is the next process. If uh, if we have chametz in our in, in, in our possession, and it will not be consumed, so that should be sold. Um, the, the, this year, I believe I don't, I don't know. Uh, Rami Shoshan, are you selling chametz, or is it, uh, it was only uh, only uh, your chametz selling chametz? So I only have forms, uh, or you can just pick up forms if, if you're with Rabbi Shoshan, or if you want to sell. Are you emailing it? Oh, uh, you, you can do with Rabbi Hound here. Are forms here. You could sell your chametz. Okay. And they're also in the email for Ora Torah. Whoever, you know, this, uh, both rabbis are available for the, for, for, for the chametz to be sold. You sign the contract and they will sell it for you. Quick question is, 
what in the medicine cabinet is considered um, I think that's going to be Wednesday Wednesday night's discussion with uh, with Rabbi Holland because not only is he going to kasha your kitchen, he's also going to go shopping for you. So there are lists. There are lists of uh, what, what 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 is what is comments, what is not. Rabbi Holland is going to come that on Wednesday night. Okay. Twenty minute ride to Scottsdale, not a big deal. There's carpool. Right. Fine. Okay. Go to Rabbi Holland. Um. Next, I'd like to just go over since this is the, the, the this is the beginning. This is the basics of what we need to do in order to rid our rid our our our, our house for our, our rid our house for comments. I'd like to read off in Rabbi Ida's book. Uh, the checklist of some of the places <coughs> where you need to be, uh, where uh, I can get a copy or one, if, if, if people want to make their own list, they can make their own list of places where chametz may be found and should be checked. Mm-hmm. Arts and craft supplies, sometimes made with chametz. Attaché cases, the attic, the baby carriage, baby, uh, baking supplies, baking pans, KitchenAid, bar, basement, bathrooms, bedrooms, behind the furniture, no, mine are not behind the furniture. Behind the furniture. Okay. Benchalach. Usually bencher, benchers we don't use. Bencher. The bencher, the, uh, the, uh, what we, uh, what we say, the, uh, what? We use the Haggadah, right, because the benchers are impossible to clean. Okay. Bicycle baskets, bird cage, bird food, books, bread box, briefcase, broom, cabinets, cake box, candlesticks and tray, candy dish, car. Between and under the seats, trunk, glove compartment, ashtrays, baby seat, or your local car wash with the extra whatever it is, and then you clean it yourself. Carpet. Can you go back to candlesticks? Candlesticks, yes. So you would clean them. You could still use your regular candlesticks? Yes, you could use your candlesticks, yes. They don't, they don't usually come right, in contact with food, but they should be cleaned. Right. They should be cleaned thoroughly. Okay. If they were ever around comets, then they should be uh, cautioned in the way that Rabbi Holland will explain on one's evening. Um... Okay, car. What about braces? Braces. Huh? Are you going to explain that also, Rabbi Holland? <laughs> the braces? I don't have any braces. I'm too young. How do we catch it? Just like stick your finger in boiling water? You got you got you, you stick your head in boiling water, right? Three times. Wait 24 hours. And stick your head in boiling water. Okay. Under the seats, trunk, glove compartment, ashtray, baby seat. Okay, the baby seats are mamish impossible. Just impossible so to get in in all the crevices. Just take the spray, the drain or whatever, and just spray the baby <laughs> 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 Great idea. Wait 24 hours and let the kids, uh, then, uh, then put the kids in. Or buy a new one. They have a sale in Walmart. Baby boomer. The baby seats are very hard to get out because they have, they're made out of this plastic, and to reinforce the plastic, there are little, like, box compartments yeah. in the back of the baby seat. And uh, you'll be surprised that all the crumbs and everything gets in underneath there, and it's it's almost impossible to get it out. So you need a knife, a screwdriver, a drill, whatever it is. And so therefore, the ba- the better just to spray it or get a piece of like a car a car seat. Okay. Carpet underneath, just like the esrog. It's a composition with the esrog. Underneath, not wall to wall or torn. Okay. Carpet sweeper, closets, clothing, pockets, cuffs. Crawl space, 
cookbooks. Cookbooks, I would say, that probably goes in the same category as a uh, as a as a as a um, as a bencher, and probably should not be used at all for 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 Pesach and put away. You have to remember the uh, the recipes by heart or uh, Xerox them on the Xerox machine. And anyway, there's a new cookbook that just came out for Pesach by Susie Feshbein. That you can use. Oh, we have it. There we go. So we have it. Okay. Cookie jars, cosmetic bag, drawer, shelf, crib, cuffs, then dress drawers, detergent shelves, where where dish detergents are kept. So that would be probably underneath the sink. Okay, dining room, dining room buffet, dining room table, chairs, dishwasher. So I guess inside the dishwasher, drawers, electric broom. Well, you have to check the bag. Electric broom. What? Nobody's using the dishwasher. Well, you have to just check, just to check it. Not pieces. I don't think it's not so practical. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, fish tank, freezer, garage, garbage pails, if you own the garbage pails. Usually, usually we clean out our garbage pail and we use it. Hallway, handbags, high chair, jewelry box, kitchen, kitchen table, chairs. Yes. Microwave paste stick. Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening with Rabbi Holland. Microwave paste stick. Ask your local uh, local uh, microwave cleaner. Or not local, actually. He's not going to be local when he's going to be there in, in Scottsdale. What? It's all one locale. One big Happy Valley. Yeah, no, so you have to check it. If you, if, if, if you never bring food into the garage, which is usually not the case, because usually most people brought, bring in because they usually store, like, you know, cereals or something like that, crackers or, or things in the garage. If you never bring anything to the garage and you're just putting food there that's closed that you're selling, then, you know, you probably, you, know, you probably don't have to do too much checking there. Just give it probably a perusal over the I'm area where you usually store the comments. You're being a little unclear. If you're putting your hummus there to store, you don't have to clean it anyway, because that's where you're storing your hummus, so you don't have to clean it. So usually, the, the, the hummus that you're storing that you're selling, area. but yeah. I'm saying there might be other stuff that you don't know about. So the custom is to check it. If you're not selling that, you don't know about it. You don't know about that. Really, you're not closing the whole room. What? You're not closing the whole room. You're going to go into the room. You're closing the whole room. But that's not the discussion. You're not, you're, the hummus that you know about, you're selling. That's, the rabbi sold it. But since you're storing hummus there, sometimes there might be other stuff that fell to the side that you don't know about. That has to be gotten rid of. But you're not selling that part. You're not selling the part. You're not selling that part. You're selling the comments that's there. You're not selling the area. The the Nanju can't set up his. Okay, but you said any place that is closed and sold does not need to be cleaned. That was item number two. Right. The areas where you never bring the comments. But if you put the comments, in, the, the 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 Nanju can't come and say, "I bought this area. I'm going to set up my drum set and play my drum." Right. You didn't sell the area. You just sold. The, you just sold the hummus that's sitting there. So if you have a hummus that you don't know about, crumbs that, are, that might be there, 
because you have food stuff there, those are the things you have to check for. So why did it say any place that is frozen sold need not be clean? That was item number Right. So I apologize for the that's lack of... I apologize for the lack of clarity. What I meant to say was is if you're 100% so sure that you don't bring any comments there at all except for when you put closed items there, then you don't have to check it. I think they're all right. Yeah. I, I think I can make a distinction for Bela. It's, it's pretty clear. Bela? Yeah. The scenario in item two that you're talking about is if you have a room. I do. And you lock that room yes. for the week. Yes. Okay. Then you don't have to check there that's if you're selling everything that's in there. That's what we okay. have. That has nothing to do with what Anne was talking about. Anne was talking about her garage where right. she parks her car. Yes. And she also has a box in there that has a big sign on it that says oh, oh. Hummets. Oh, okay. You know, not for Pesachis. Okay. So does she have to check does she have to check there if the hummus is there? The answer is I do have to check there if okay. I also use the year year okay, round of But if there is something there. that I am going to close and put a big Oh yeah, just one second, let me just finish that conversation. Then do I have to worry about I mean the, as far as I know there's no loose comments there anyway. If there, is, if there is a room example, that might as well be in Acapulco, yes, you're not going in there, yes, yes. you don't have to check. Wait, one second, let me clarify this. One second, let me clarify this one more, a little bit more. Okay, if the, the general rule that we said before is if it's the way that Hamas is brought into that room, regardless of whether or not it's being closed, it has to be checked. Because if there is Hamas that usually is brought into that room, there might be Hamas there, even though it's being closed, it has to be checked. If Hametz is never brought into that room, such as an attic or a garage, where Hametz is never brought, then that place does not have to be checked. If one is storing Hametz there to sell, then it depends on how the storage is. If the storage is with loose stuff that, 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 that's open, then you have to check there anyway because you don't know what happened in the previous year. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Are you arguing with the Mezvihudin Simukhafam and Alex for the end of the similar mystery by going out of the house? I'm sorry? Are you arguing with the Mezvihudin Simukhafam and Alex? Uh, how am I arguing? Which, 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 if you sell the actual place well, itself, I yeah. I, we didn't say you sold the place. You didn't yeah. sell the place. That's what Bela was talking about. Bela was talking about selling the whole room. Are you selling the room or the comments there? you read it in number two. Okay, the room is for all intents and purposes off limits. It's, it's in the back. It's in the back of the... Okay, so Rabbi Hound is qualifying. Nobody goes there during Pesach. Okay, Rabbi Hound is clarifying. that no, it's a, It depends on what the rabbi did for you. If he sold the actual space, the area, the room... Then you don't have to check there. However, if you didn't sell the space, you just sold the comments that's sitting in that room, then you still would have to check it. Well, I guess, I guess. No, then I'll qualify even further. So you don't have to ask any more questions. It's yes. very clear. When you sell your comments with the documents that Rabbi Bronstein has, that's on the wall, and I assume Rabbi Shoshan, you use a similar document, and virtually every rabbi uses the same document, you not only sell the comments, but you sell the area where the comments is. Okay? That's what happens. You lease the area where the comments is. So the person who actually leases the area, the comments also lease the area. So you could write on the list that I am, you know, where is the comments? The comments is in the back room, which is close to the face right. Then you don't have to search for comments. Yeah. But if you're like me, that I don't have a room that's going to be up on the screen. I'm only passing the capital.
cabinet in the freezer. To, to lose the phone location. That is in Rabbi Holland's contract. That is not all we're, contracts we're are this way. Okay, but to clarify, to go Chris, if you have, a, for example, if you have a pantry that you are closing for Pesach, then you shouldn't stay. According to you, you have to still clean. If you're selling it, no. If you're selling it, if you're selling, if you're leasing the area, okay. if you're leasing yeah. the area with Rabbi Holland's contract, then you are, then you don't have to check there. If you're not leasing the area, you don't. If you're putting your Okay, fine. I think we have. I think we have. I think we have clarity now. I think at this point we have clarity. Okay. Yes. What? So the clothes also. No, only the clothes. There, but you don't have to check every clothes. But if if you if you have pockets where you might have put a chocolate bar, then then uh, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to empty them out. You don't have to search for every crumb, but you quickly empty out all the pockets. Put them in the washing machine. You, are you using all your clothes? You no, use all no. your clothes, so you don't. So only the clothes you usually use, where you put, where you might have put a candy bar or or, or some other something else. Okay. Yeah. Vacuum one. It's an important one, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we have. I don't know. We don't have so much time left. Okay. 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 Just one more point on this on on, on what Rabbi Holland brought up. And uh, if if the rabbis in the room want to clarify it for me, I'm I'm happy. I I, sp I spoke to, uh, to to a rabbi today, and he said to me that if a person goes away for Pesach, they go away for Pesach less than 30 days before Pesach, and they close their house and they sell everything in their house, he said to me that still there has to be we have to, we have to check in 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 some area of the house for for chametz, okay. Regard, uh, he, he, it sounded to me from that he said that regardless of whatever the contract says. So in some way, shape, or form, there has to be a checking for some comments in the house, no matter what we sell. Okay. So let's continue. We, we, have, we only have, uh, only have five more minutes, so we have to get to actually to the day, to the day before, uh, to the day before. So this year, the day before Pesach is not really, is really not the day before Pesach. And that's going to be, stay this tuned year. for Rabbi Shoshan's class, because for the day before Pesach is going to be Shabbos. However, the uh, Thursday, Thursday is going to be is is treat Thursday night and and Friday is treated as the day before Pesach as far as getting rid of the comments and as far as the scope of this discussion. So usually what we do is usually what we do is and uh, okay, this is the usual process on uh, on Thursday night as soon as we get home from uh, from shul, which is about in this year about 7:30, we get home from shul. Uh, after we have cleaned for Pesach, we have followed all the lists and everything, and our house is clean, it's customary to take uh, 10 pieces of bread, spread them out all over the house, and remember 100% <laughs> where they are, and put them in a plastic bag so the crumbs cannot, uh, from the bread cannot spread, and then uh, say the blessing that's in the sitter, say, uh, search for the uh, search for the chametz, find the 10 pieces of bread, and it's important to remember that since we are saying a blessing, and we are invoking Hashem's name. We don't want to invoke Hashem's name in vain, and therefore to make this ceremony just a ceremony and a rite, it should be more than that a little bit. And therefore, it's customary to take a candle. Uh, some people turn off the lights. Some people don't turn off the lights. Uh, it, it, it is proper, according to Rabbi Aaron Cutler, 
uh, to use a, a candle, even though one may use a flashlight. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein holds that one can use a flashlight straight up, but the custom is to use a to use a candle. Most people <coughs> use, m most people do that. Most people use a candle to search, and therefore not only to gather up the ten pieces of bread, but actually to use the candle and to search all the rooms in our in our home for for chametz or crumbs that we might have missed, so that the bracha will be applicable for the searching of the chametz. Then the uh, <coughs> the next. After we after we find it, we say what's in the sitter, the kol chamira, the, uh, the the nullification of the chametz. So we have cleaned for Pesach, we have searched for the chametz, we have found it, and now all the chametz that we might have, we have nullified and said that we have no permission, we 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 have no interest in that chametz. Now we wake up the next morning, and basically what happens is like this: that usually, usually the day before Pesach, as we mentioned before, the Torah itself prohibits the chametz. And that would be starting from midday. On Torah level, the chametz is prohibited starting from midday, which this year would be at 12.27 p.m. At 12.27 p.m., the Torah forbids all the chametz. However, the rabbi said that at the, uh, the uh, one step back, just we'll take one step back, the, uh, the, the Jewish day, the halachic day, is split up into 12 parts. So whatever it may be daytime is split up into 12 parts. So let's say this year it's about 13 hours, 13 and so hours. We split that up into 12 parts, and each of those parts are called the halachic hour. So in the seventh hour, we just said, which is after midday, the Torah prohibits chametz, which is after 12.27 p.m. However, the rabbis pro prohibited eating of the chametz after the fourth hour, which this year is about 9.40. I don't know if the times are posted. Uh, in some places it's posted as, as 9.40. Uh, for example, the Stark A website for Phoenix, Mountain Standard Time, say that it's 9.40 a.m. Okay? So the rabbi said that one is prohibited from eating the chametz. The next hour, the, which, which is, the, which is the, the fifth hour, the rabbi said that one is allowed to derive pleasure from the chametz, meaning that they can sell, they can, they can, uh, sell it or do, or do business with it or whatever, but they can't eat it. And in the next hour, is the chametz becomes prohibited. And that starts from this year, uh, according to this, according to this time that we just mentioned, at 10:55 a.m. Therefore, we are supposed to get rid of the chametz. In this case, which is our custom, we burn the chametz before or before by 10:55 a.m. Because after 10:55 a.m., chametz is prohibited by the rabbis in the sixth hour, both deriving pleasure and eating and eating it. So even though chametz this year is permissible on Friday, because Pesach. Uh, the day before Pesach is Shabbos. However, we still find the custom in order that we should not get mixed up as to when we should burn the chametz, when we should not eat the chametz, or whatever it may be. In order not to get mixed up, we do go through the same process when we can go through it, and that is is that we take the chametz and we stop eat, uh, we, we not, not stop eating it, but we destroy the chametz by nine uh, by by uh, by ten fifty five by ten fifty five a.m. and all the chametz that we're going to use for Shabbos. And Rabbi Shoshan will stay tuned. We'll discuss how we're going to use that chametz for Shabbos. Um, if we, if we, if, if, whatever chametz we might have uh, to, to, to use for Shabbos, that we put in a designated area in a place where we know exactly where it is, in order to uh, in, in, in order to be able to either consume it or or, or to get rid of it in in the way that the, the, the Rabbi Shoshan will discuss from A to Z of what to do on Shabbos. Uh, a Shabbos that falls out on, by the way, which will fall out the next, uh, 
according to Rabbi Heber, this is just for Rabbi Shoshan, in 2021 and in 2025, following this year. Okay, and I think that at this point we are out of time in our discussion, so we have began our, uh, our, our search and destroy of the Hamids, and we will go to the next step as to what to shop for, uh, uh, to shop for and how to kosher our, our, our kitchens with Rabbi Holland on Wednesday evening in Scottsdale. Thank you very much, everybody, for attending. Thank you. Five grains. Five grains. Is uh, barley, rye, wheat, rice. Rice. Uh, oats, no. and spelt. Oats.